Hey, this is Jim Larrabee. I'm the lead pastor here at First Christian Church, and this is our podcast. My prayer is that the words you hear encourage you, that they challenge you, that they build your faith and draw you closer to Jesus. So, enjoy. Amen. You guys may be seated. Man, what amazing worship to be able to sing. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thank you, worship team, for bringing it tonight. Uh, they're going to they're gonna kind of move a little bit. But I'm going to just dive in because it is Christmas Eve, and I am so excited, uh, looking forward to just everything God's been doing uh, all month long to prepare our hearts. Prepare our hearts for the worthiness of Jesus Christ, who we're going to celebrate as his birthday tomorrow. So stoked about that. Excited. Uh, just a few things real quick. If you're new to us, maybe you came with family, you came with friends. Let me introduce myself. My name is Jim Larrabee. I'm the lead pastor here at First Christian Church, and we just welcome you here. Welcome you to be a part of everything that God is doing. Uh, we love that you are connecting with us in worship tonight. If you're watching online, hey, love you guys connecting up. If you're in the overflow, love you guys connecting up. We just are excited about what's going on here in the life of our church. And of course, like I said, Christmas Eve. Because Christmas Eve is when it all just starts getting cranked up and going. Like, I know my adults in the house are excited. Adults, are you excited for Christmas Eve? Okay, yeah. But let me ask you a question. Uh, students, kids in the house, are you guys excited for Christmas Eve? Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Little kids already I already had a few of you guys tell me you're playing like you're like, hey, Pastor Jim, I'm gonna fake sleeping tonight, but at one o'clock in the morning, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna check and see everything that's out and going on. And I just want to say. I approve of that plan. Uh, so anyway, I'm picking, check with your parents. Some of your parents are already pinned an email. No, you better not. So anyway, get sleep, sleep for 12 hours and then let your parents rest tomorrow. So anyway, you know, we've got all the things going on. Kids here, people here. It is going to be a fun night of just celebrating. And for many traditions too, maybe this is your tradition. Christmas Eve service is your tradition that you get to do. And my family, we have some different traditions. Uh, we do, do y'all guys do Christmas jammies? How many people in the house Christmas jammy traditions? A few. Well, we almost forgot this year. And so we were, last night, we were running around getting all you guys' leftovers. I got the weirdest pair of pants to go with the weirdest shirt. But hey, Christmas jammies, you got to do it. There are other traditions, right? Does, I mean, we're knee deep in them. There's uh, the tradition of gifts. How many of you guys open no gifts on Christmas Eve? Do you have any no gifters? Okay, hardcore. I like it. Hardcore. No gifts. Don't touch the tree. We will cut you. I understand that. Uh, how, how many one gifters? This was, this was my family growing up. One gifter. Good job. You are, you are the approval people in the house. At least you're a little grace, but you're still holding off. Anybody. I've heard of these people. I've never, I've, I've only met them once. All your gifts on Christmas Eve. Oh my gosh, you came to this. This is amazing. Like, like that is awesome. A lot of you. I had one little kid in, in the service previous. He raised his hand and, and his mom literally, she, they were on the front row, put his hand down and said, we don't do that. And he said, I want to. So, <laughs> so he thought we were voting. So hey, kudos for you and that whole thing. It was, it's awesome, right? Christmas traditions we do. And of course, the traditions that of things you eat. We have a lot of folks that like Christmas ham. That's kind of a tradition that we have in our family. Maybe you're a brisket person, but nothing, nothing will ever top Christmas tamales. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and I know who's having Christmas tamales because you're sitting with a mom or a grandma that looks exhausted right now. Oh, oh, they're going to eat them whether they like them or not. I made them, you know, kind of thing. So whatever it is your tradition is, I hope you're enjoying them, that you're, you're having fun with them. Another tradition that I absolutely love this time of year is reading the Christmas story. 
And maybe you have that as part of your tradition. Some folks read it Christmas Eve. Some people read it Christmas morning. Some people read it at some point during the month. But like Pastor Jordan said, what we wanted to do tonight is just experience that Christmas story together. Even though you're probably going to do it at some other point, some other time. Tonight, we wanted to get that story in your heart through worship, through video, through the word, and especially through the message. So what I'm going to do, I'm just going to take a few moments. I'm not going to keep you long, kids. I promise you want to go to home to go to bed. I get it. But I just want to give a few moments for us to just walk through that Christmas story, to enjoy what God says about his, his Christmas that's coming for us. Because at the end of the day, the Christmas story isn't a church thing. I know sometimes people think that, like, oh, yeah, of course, it's Christmas Eve, there's a pastor on stage, of course he's going to tell the Christmas story. It's a church thing. It is not a church thing. I'm here to tell you that the Christmas story is, is not a church thing. You know what the Christmas story is? It is a you thing. Like, whether I was standing up here or not, the God of the universe would still have written this story for you. This is a story where God shows up in the world, shows up in our lives and says, I'm going to be Emmanuel. I'm going to be God with you. So if I can tell you anything this Christmas season, as you kind of get your hearts ready, is to simply tell you this, that the Christmas story is personal. The Christmas story is for every single one of us today. No matter who you are or where you are, the Christmas story is for you and so we're going to tell it. If you got your Bibles or your Bible apps, you can go to the book of Luke. That's where we're going to be. But honestly, I always read this story in my, in my home, and we always turn on the fake fireplace. Uh, we tried one today that actually had crackling noises to it, and it scared our cat. But anyway, you know, we're, so I, I need a fireplace to be able to tell this story. Can, Kyle, Kyle, can we, can we get a fireplace back? I don't know. Okay, good job. All right, all right, well... <laughs> It'll pop up here in just a minute. They have some technical stuff they got to do. So, so while you're getting ready, let me just launch us. The Christmas story, Luke chapter 1. We're going to read a little bit of scripture here, and I'll stop and unpack it as we go. But the Christmas story really begins in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Before the manger, you know, before the travel to Bethlehem, there's a moment when the angel shows up and announces what's going on. That's, that's the beginning of the Christmas story, and this is how that goes. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth, to a, to a virgin who was betrothed or engaged to a man whose name was Joseph. So there you go, Mary, Joseph in the story. And the virgin's name was Mary. And this angel came to her, to Mary, and said, Greetings, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Now, now, this is just not like Amazon showing up at your house. I mean, this angel has showed up, and he's got some news that he's delivering. So obviously, this, this is a surprise to Mary. So she is greatly troubled at this whole thing, at this saying. And she's trying to discern what in the world is going on. And so the angel responds. He sees all this happening on her face and, and reads it in her heart. And he simply says, don't be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. And behold, here's what can happen for you. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, and he'll be great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. And then Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel kind of answers her with this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child that will be born from you will be holy, different, set apart, not like any other person ever born in this world, for this son will be the child of God. And then Mary said, behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And then the angel, then the angel departed from her. 
And I always love this part of the story. Whenever I read it in the house, you know, I always pause and go, oh man, what do you think about this? You know, and, and my whole family, we talk about the, the faith and trust of Mary. We just take that moment and go, man, man, what, just Mary, wow, she hears this and this, this has never happened in the history of happenings ever before. This angel shows up, you're going to be with child, it's going to be supernatural, this, this whole thing is going to unfold. And here is Mary hearing this all for the first time in her life, for the first time ever in history, and she is willing. She's absolutely willing. The, the faith and trust that she places in God and his plan and his purpose for her life. You know, whenever we talk about this as a family, we get to this point. I'm like, okay, what do you guys think? Would you, you know, would you guys, would, would you just be willing, you know? And of course, we're all say yes in my family. As long as the angel's there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, angel. Yeah. Yeah, we got this angel for sure. But just as soon as the angel leaves, what would we be doing? Freaking out. What? What? What's going What? What? Can I say what again? Really high? Am I like super high Mary voice? What? You know, kind of thing. What's, what's happening here? Mary, Mary, what's going on? But when you read this story unfolding, that's not what Mary does. She is willing and she trusts. But then when the angel leaves, she doesn't have this freak out moment going, how in the world is all this going to happen? You know what Mary does? After the angel leaves, when you read the rest of the story in verse 46, she pens one of the most beautiful poems, songs, scriptures called the Magnificat. She just pens these words to God. So here she is willing, full of trust, full of faith, and, and, and now full of worship for what God is going to do in her heart and her life. This poem that she pens, it celebrates God using the nobodies in this world to do amazing things. If you ever read that poem, it's beautiful. It's amazing. And, and she just simply says, how can the God of the universe not pick a king or a queen or, or those people in charge? Those people have a lot of money and a lot of space and a lot of all the other stuff. Yet God chooses me. An absolute nobody in this world, engaged to a carpenter, and yet I can be the one who carries the Son of God. And it's always a reminder of me. I love Mary's faith and trust. I love her celebration of God using people like you and me, because I I relate to this, the nobody part. I relate to this, that, that God would use the nobodies to do amazing things in this story. And so the first part, right, is the trust of Mary. So cool, so awesome, so incredible. Not everybody in the story has immediate trust. I'm glad there's other people in the story. If, if Mary was the only person in the story, I'd feel like, oh, she, this, this story is just set above me, right? But there's another person that is a piece of this journey, Joseph. Now, when it gets to Joseph, part of the story, what's kind of interesting is Joseph doesn't have the same reaction that Mary does. Mary, Mary is willing and she is trusting and she's all in right from the get-go. You got this. But what about Joseph? If you read it, which we're going to do here in just a moment, you really quickly see that Joseph struggles. Mary comes to him. Mary comes to him and says, hey, Joseph, this thing is going to go on. This angel showed up. It's going to be absolutely amazing, absolutely incredible. And Joseph doesn't give it two thumbs up and go, hey, I'm in. He's like, whoa, let me think. I might be out. So let me pick this up. Luke doesn't record this. Matthew does. And so let me tell you Joseph's side of the story. This is Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus took place this way when the mother of Mary betrothed to Joseph before they came together was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. So she told Joseph the story, everything that was going on. Uh, Her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. 
said, hey, yeah, sure, whatever's going on with you, Mary, but it's not for me. That path, I, that, that, is, that is too challenging of a path to walk. Hey, good for you. He's going to divorce her and send her away. He's struggling. But as he considers these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream and says, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will bear a son, and you'll call his name Jesus, and he's going to save his people from their sins. And when Joseph wakes up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took his wife, but he did not know her until she had given birth to a son, and then they called his name Jesus. Here's what I love about Joseph's side of the story. I I love Mary is so willing and faithful. And I love Joseph is he struggles, but it shows God's patience. Here's God. He's not giving up. Oh, let me go find someone else. Let me, let me see someone else that I can connect to Mary. He embraces Joseph's struggle. He is patient with Joseph. Sends, sends an angel to talk to Joseph in his dream and says, Joseph, I get it. This is challenging. This is hard. This is different than anything you plan, but will you follow me? Will you do this thing? And Joseph, when he wakes up, he absolutely embraces God's plan. And I love both pieces. I I see the trust of Mary in this story and how God uses that in an incredible way. And I also see how God even takes the struggle of Joseph and still weaves it in the story. You are here tonight as one of those two people. Some of you in this room are the Marys, right? And you, and you, man, when God says it, you do it and you trust and you're dialed in and you're on and you're here. You're probably going to come to every service tonight. I'd be back at 11 in your Christmas jammies. I'm here, but I'm ready. Let's worship some Jesus. I love that. That is amazing. But there's others of us in the story that are Joseph and their struggle and wrestle. And, and we wonder, what does God do with that? Can, can God handle my struggle and my wrestle? I'm here to tell you absolutely. This Christmas story, the greatest story ever told, is a story of trust and struggle that God brings together to do amazing and incredible things. And so here it is. They they start to do this journey together, and God works in their lives, and the time comes when the baby should be born. And we pick the story back up in Luke chapter 2. It says this, And in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And Joseph went up from Galilee all the way to the city of Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David. He went with Mary so they could register so he could pay taxes. And, and he was there. And while he was there, uh, she gave birth to a child. And the time came for her to give birth. And she did. And she, she gave birth to this firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. I always pause in this part of the story because I, I, ever since I heard this as a little kid, this always blew me away. Not that there were no room in the inn. I, I get that. Sometimes you travel up and down the central coast and you can't find a place to stay in a hotel. I get that there was no room. But the day the innkeeper realizes, you ever thought about this? Maybe it was a few weeks later, maybe it was months later, maybe, maybe it was years later after Jesus, you know, went to the cross and, and rose again. Maybe it wasn't till heaven, but he realizes he said no room to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And it's just always a reminder in the Christmas story for me to, to always remember to make room. Always remember to make room. No matter how busy it is, how crazy it is, how, how much family does, and, and all the things that they ask of us, that we always make room for King Jesus. It's a good challenge in the Christmas story for my own heart and my own journey. And so here they are. They're in this, this manger, this, this feeding trough where she has laid the baby 
And then something spectacular happens out on the hillside. We pick this up in verse 8. And in that same region, not too far away, out in the fields, there were shepherds keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord showed right about them. And these shepherds, they were terrified. But the angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which is for all people. Not just you, not just them, but for everyone. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this is going to be a sign. You know what to look for? Look for this. Look for a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. He's going to be the only one. You know, This is not going to be hard to find a baby in a feeding trough. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward everyone. The angel went away from them into heaven and the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And there, there are a lot of Christmas stories out there, right? When I say stories, I just mean all the stories we tell around Christmas time. And maybe you tell, we make gingerbread in our house and we always tell the gingerbread story. You know, gingerbread, gingerbread man running. And then we then break his leg and then he can't go anywhere. And it's a totally different story based on the cops TV show. But that's just us and my family. So anyway, you know, there's a Christmas gingerbread story. There, there's the, there's the frosty, the snowman story. There's, there's the, it's a wonderful life story. Maybe you watch that. Maybe you tell that story because it is just a story. It's not real. Angels do not get their wings every time a bell rings. That just does not, doesn't happen. But those are all made up stories. You know the story that's real? The Christmas story. This story is absolute and is real. And we see this with these shepherds. Like They hear these angels say this like, hey, that's good. That's great. That's awesome. But we want to go see we're going to leave our, our fields and our sheep and our job, and we're going to go see this. We want, to, we want to see this thing that has happened in this world. And these shepherds go and do that. They lay eyes on baby Jesus, which honestly speaks to the faith that we have in Jesus Christ. The faith that we have, my friend, it's not a blind faith. It's, it's not a faith that's based on feelings or wishes or just, man, man I really hope all that happened. It is a faith that is grounded in real life events that real people really experienced. There were people there the day Jesus was born. There were people there when Jesus lived. There were people there when Jesus taught and healed. Even Jesus' enemies were blown away. They're like, man, this guy is unique and special and different. There were people there when Jesus was crucified. It's been written into secular history. And there were people there, literally saw him by the hundreds after he rose from the grave. And I tell you that to simply say this, that our faith, the faith that we have, the Christian faith, the faith that we're here to celebrate together, it is grounded in real events and history. And many of us Christians know that. And we're like, yeah, I love it, man. I love it. But if maybe you're new to Christianity and you're wondering, hey, are they just here celebrating a fairy tale and, you know, kind of, kind of something that may or may not have happened? My friend, I'm here to tell you it did. Emmanuel, Jesus with us, born in a manger, lived and died and rose again for you and I. And it's this beautiful thing that we have. It's this beautiful thing to celebrate. And the shepherds were simply the first, the first of millions to discover this truth that Jesus is real indeed. 
And they saw him and they walked away. Scripture says they walked away worshiping. Let's pick that up. And they made haste and and found Mary and Joseph and the baby laying in a manger. When they saw him, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. They said, hey, this is what the angel said. It's absolutely crazy. It's amazing. It's going to save people. It's going to be awesome. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary, she treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So here are these shepherds. What do they do? Two things. They worshiped and they believed, which kind of circles all the way back to the, to the question that we're often asked this time of the year. Maybe you've asked about a, a bunch of different things that Christmas is about, but I want to ask this question about Jesus. Do you believe? Do you believe? Here are these shepherds. Here's this story. Here's this, this event that happened in history. And, and the story is personal. So the question is personal. Do you believe? Do you believe what went on? Do you believe what happened? Do you believe that the King of Kings and Lord of Lords came to this world so that you and I could have life and hope and redemption and peace? Do you believe? Most of us here tonight do. And we celebrate, right? We're here. It's absolutely, Jim. I believe. I love that story. It has changed my life. I believe and I celebrate. It's amazing. Let's go. Can't wait for Christmas morning. But if you're here tonight and maybe you're on the edge of that belief, I don't know, Jim. I don't know. Look around and see the people who are with you and, and understand their faith, that it's grounded in a true event. Understand that, that the call tonight for you is simply to embrace. Embrace a Savior that came for you. Not me as a pastor or as a special person or unique, you know, the good people in the house. No, not for He came for you. No matter how far away you may feel, Jesus Christ came for you. And my friend, that's the Christmas story. That's what it's all about. And if you want to embrace him tonight, it is as simple as surrendering, as simply saying, Jesus, I am yours. You are mine. I want to walk out of here a son or daughter of God. We're going to sing just a couple more songs. Maybe during that time, you just want to do that. We, we got folks that are back in the prayer room that love to pray with you. But you walk out of here embracing Jesus, celebrating him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Because that, my friend, is what the Christmas story is truly all about. Amen? Amen. I want to pray for us. And we got just a couple more songs to sing here. Father, thank you. Thank you for the truth of Christmas. This is not some made-up story. This is, this is a real thing that happened in life. This is a real thing that has changed people. This, this is an experience that is grounded in history. And so tonight, Father, we just, as many of us as Christians, we celebrate that event. That event that happened some 2,000 years ago that forever changed our life today as we surrendered. But if there are men or women, students, kids in the house that just haven't done that, that tonight is the night that they surrender and receive the greatest gift they've ever been offered. And that's a relationship with the God of the universe. And so as we say, Jesus, it's all about you. It is all about you and my heart and my life. As as we do that all over this room, Father, you grab our hearts and you change us and transform us into sons and daughters of God. And we thank you for giving us this Christmas story. It's our story. And you've woven it 
into our hearts and lives. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed today's podcast, don't forget to subscribe and share it with a friend. A special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you'd like to find out more information about giving or to see what's going on in the life of our church, please visit us at fccsantamaria.org. Thanks again for listening and God bless.